0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. I am blessed to be here today. I love preaching. I love sharing the Word of God. And I love when God has something to say. We're going to read today from um, the book of Matthews. And we're going to talk today about the seeds, the four seeds. I know that we are right now in a time of just different circumstances and problems and trials and so on. But at the same time, we have to learn to grow and trust in God. We have to just get to the place that... We don't let the circumstances around us change us, but we let our faith in God change our circumstances. We're going to read today from um, Matthew chapter 13. I I don't like to just grab a verse and then just go through and then preach from it. I like to, to preach progressively. So I'll get a certain amount of scripture and then I'll go through it part by part. And I want to connect it and then just bring it to light. So we're going to read on Matthew 13. We're going to start with verse 1 and just continue on. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a great multitude were gathered together with him so that he got onto a boat, he sat, and the whole multitude sat on the shore. He spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed, and some fell among the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell among stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of the earth. But when the sun came, came up, they were scorched. And because some fell among, and others fell among the thorns. Let me just paraphrase this. And they were choked by the vines. But others fell amongst good soil and bore 30, 60, or 100 folds. Now, we know, often we know the scriptures, but we need to learn to grow to search deeper. And more profoundly in what the word is saying to us. To grow progressively in our faith and in the way that we are. To maximize our life to be fruitful. See, the whole purpose in our life is that we would bear fruit unto God. The word of God says, for this is what glorifies God the Father. That we would bear much fruit. But how do we measure where we're at? How do we measure... The fruit. And if we're bearing fruit. So we start to look and it continues on to read. And it says, um, And the disciples came and they said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he said to them, verse 11, It is because you have been, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has... For him, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, having hearing, you will hear, and you shall not understand. And seeing you will see, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has grown dull. And the ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes have been closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts in turn. So that I would turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they have seen. And your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to to see and hear what you have heard and seen, but did not. you got to understand, Jesus was not being rude. He wasn't being obnoxious. He wasn't saying, I'm withholding from them the truth. He's explaining to them why some people hear and why some people don't. Why some people receive and why some people do not. It has to do with the posture of our hearts. As you begin to understand the seeds, you begin to understand how to change and grow in the posture of the hearts. You see, it's very easy to go through and read and be like, yes, that's true. You know, it's like, yeah, many people like that. And we start to... To classify. We start to, to, to go through and be like, yeah, this person's like this and this person's like that. When it, The word was never meant for us to look outwardly. It was meant for us to look inwardly. So we go through and we begin to look at the word. And he begins to, to explain. He goes, it does not have to do with me. It has to do with the heart. I'm simply proving. The, the word of God is being brought to them. But people, they close their hearts. But in reality, in Christianity, we do the same thing in different variations. Some of us will find ourselves... See, we all have been given a measure of faith, says the word. And it is our job to progressively grow in that faith and establish ourselves and root ourselves. So the first word that comes that says it's when they hear the word... But they do not understand it. So the enemy comes and he just snatches what has been sown. In reality, you have to understand we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses within our faith. You can go through and I've seen God do miracle signs and wonders, I've seen the Lord do incredible miracles. Heal the blind, open deaf ears. I've seen someone's leg grow. I can give you hundreds of different miracles that I've seen God do. But in the midst of something happening, then my kid gets sick. And then I begin to wonder, and I begin to, 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 to worry, and I begin to question. You see, there's a lot of variations because faith comes from the heart. And this is what you have to understand. When something's closer to you, it makes you more weak or, pr- or prone to, to, to question something because it's so close. So when things begin to happen, and I'm like, oh, but Lord, this is my child. This is this. This is that. And then it began to cause me to, to, to reason in the natural way instead of reasoning spiritually. So I began to come to the place to understand, okay, there's strengths and there's weaknesses, within us. So learning to build ourselves up spiritually so that we can get to the place that we're bearing fruit, that we're taking our faith and we're growing, we're progressing in what we do to glorify God. You see, all of us have strengths and we all have weaknesses, and it's simply just understanding where we're strong and where we're weak. Grasping, okay, God, this is what I need to do, and this is where I need to, to strengthen myself, Lord God. So I need you to help me. So in many things, we'll go through. See, we go through, many people go, and they see empty chairs, and they're like, ha, ah, these people. These people that have weak faith. It is not our job to go through, to look at things in a negative perspective. But look at things through the eyes of God. To be understanding. You, you, you don't accept the weakness, but like Jesus, you go through and you walk in love. You go and you see many people are not here, but they can be watching right now on stream. And it's understanding that, Lord, help them to grow in their faith. Many people, well, I don't want to get to the place where where I don't want to catch corona. You have to understand, for you to grow in, in, in your stature, in your roots with God, you have to learn to spend time with him and spend time in his word that he would be glorified. It's a process. But you look at things as they happen, and you're like, okay, Lord God, Lord, I pray. I pray for them. You see, but there's also a balance. I was talking with a pastor. Um, he's a friend of mine. And he was like, uh, yeah, you know, people are going through there. Why do we have to wear masks? We don't have to wear masks. I'm not going to wear masks. And I was like, hold on. The Bible says to the weak we become weak. If it offends your brother to eat meat, you do not eat meat. So you learn to work with the circumstances so that you're not accepting them, but you are making a way to understand them. I told him, I says, does it cost you anything to wear a mask? And he began to reason. I wear a mask. I don't wear a mask for myself. I wear a mask for those around me. I go through, I carry with me sanitizing gel. Why? Is it because of me getting sick? If I've seen the Lord heal almost every kind of disease there is in this world, do you think that I'm afraid of catching a virus? No. I do it simply because I want to do everything right in my part. that everyone around me feels safe. You see, it's not minimizing or belittling people, it's learning to work with them so that they see, you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You reason, and you're like, Jesus, what should I do? So progressively, you continue to grow. You continue to grasp the things of God, and you're strengthened, but at the same time, Learning to sow seeds that will... See, often we only think of ourselves when it comes spiritually. Not desiring to love others as we love ourselves. To see others around us being raised up. To see those around us growing in their faith. See others around us strengthened in who they are. See, the truth is by nature, we are selfish, self-centered beings. And... When we actually acknowledge that, it helps us to know how to question what we're doing and how we're being so that we can see if we're aligned to the word of God. So you can hear something and you can question it. And it takes away from what God wants to do. But there's another seed. There's a seed that fell on the stony path. That seed falls on the, on the stony path, but see the truth of the matter, it has no roots. You don't have much roots in there. So what happens is, when the sun comes, you begin to, it just begins to just kill the plant. Now, let's read what the word says. In Matthew 13, 20, it says, And he that was sown upon the rocky place is he that hears the word and straight away, like right away with joy, receives it. Now, truthfully, how many times have we come through, we hear the word of God, we hear a good preaching. We're like, amen. And we're jumping. We're like, yes, I received that. Yes, God is good. And, and he blesses us and all this other stuff, which is true. But then we sit there, we go to work during the week. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm sorry, um, we have to furlough you. Oh, we have to downsize because we cannot run during these circumstances. And at that precise moment, what happens is like, you see, you have to understand. People are like, what does this have to do with, with, with your spiritual being? It has everything to do with it. Where is your security? You have to question how you respond reflects who you are. I always say, you want to see how you are in faith, look at yourself when trials come. Because when things are good, everyone can be like, yes, oh, we talk loud and we're flexing. And the second hard times come, we're balling up and cradle up like a little infant baby in a womb. So you look at the circumstances. And you, you, you press through. So you hear a word and you rejoice. But then the word says, but when tribulations and persecution arise because of the word, right away he stumbles. When we hear a good word, quickly we rejoice. When we hear something testing our faith, quickly we begin to stumble. Where are we standing when it comes to the things of God? You have to grasp and understand. And this is where the understanding of the word, knowing the word of God, and walking the word of God makes a difference. Because you have to take it and, okay, in reality, understanding this, God created the world by speaking. How do you understand that? Logically, you cannot This is where the factor of faith has to come in. If you do not get to the place that you question what seems to be natural, to walk in the supernatural, you will never see it. Have you ever seen and prayed for someone's leg to grow? Have you ever prayed for someone's leg to grow? Action and reaction. Knowing how to grow within your faith. But also, how do you rejoice when you encounter various trials? Grounded and rooted in Christ. You have to get to the place that also you do not compromise. Compromise. You do not compromise. You grow within God. You grow in the things of God. And you're strengthened by the truth. In life, things are not perfect. So many things have been happening. And my wife is like, this has been almost the last, the the hardest year we have ever gone through. I've been away from my family for over five months because I can't get back to the country. I go through and I'm looking at pictures and things of my kids and, you know, messages and talking with my wife and I'm like, oh God, how long? But at the same time, I'm asking God, it's like, if I am here, show me divine appointments. Tell me, I'm here for a reason. This is not the coincidence of Satan that I'm here, and then my family, and things are going in the organization, and this has happened, and there was an accusation here, and all these things are going on. There's a reason why things happen. It's getting to the place where you understand. This is testing your faith. So you have to learn to grow within the roots of who you are and who is God. You challenge not what is going on, but that you know what the outcome is going to be. It doesn't matter what we go through. This I'm certain of. All things proceed to good. To those that love God. And have been called by him. That is one thing I constantly hold on to. Trial after trial after trial. Sitting back and wondering. God what are you going to do now? I look forward to see how God is going to glorify himself. I look forward to see how God is going to bring something out of nothing. Nothing. You learn to question not what's going on, but your heart. You're like, no, this is not my end. This is the Word of God. Your faith will be tested. People think losing your job, Being tested financially, being accused falsely, doesn't have to do with your faith. I guess you need to read the Bible more because in Psalms 105, it talks about how Joseph was called, was taken, imprisoned, it says, by the Lord, a man whom the Lord had, had picked, sent before them to Egypt. He was shackled, he was bound. For what? And he was tested. And the word in him was tested. How was it tested? He was taken from his family and he was sold as a slave. And then in the midst of him going through, you see, he didn't go through and complain and walk in his bitterness. Huh, I'm a slave. I, I'm not going to do nothing. No, he did the best that he can do to the point that his master saw him and was like, wow, this man's God is with him. Because everything he did. How can the man see God in him if he didn't do anything? He worked harder than everyone else. He pressed through and he reflected his God. And then when everything is going great, things get worse. He gets sold. And then after getting sold, he goes through and he's imprisoned falsely. But he holds on to his integrity. This is what you have to understand. We have to learn to persevere. Because a seed comes and one is easily taken. Another one goes through and it's there just long enough for roots to grow a little bit. But then trials and tribulations and persecution comes and boom, it's taken away. And then the other seed is the one that goes through and it grows, becomes a tree. But then it starts to be choked by what? The sorrows and things of life and the deceitfulness of riches. You have to understand, we look at ourselves sometimes ignorantly. And we're like, yes, I'm a man of God. We feed ourselves with so much nonsense that we hear sometimes from people speaking that we don't dig into to see the truth. You're more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. No, no, no. You're more than a conqueror when you decide. You have to battle to be able to conquer. You have to learn to fight to be able to have the victory. You don't get it by sitting. You get it by action. There's a process to it. Sometimes the battle is up here. Sometimes the battle is in the minds because your mind is like, I'm going to tell you the truth. When God went through, I, when I gave my life back to the Lord, I'm like, man, you know what? I'm going to get my, my construction, my license, my building license, and I'm going to establish a build a, a, a business. And I could have. I'm excellent in the work. My work speaks for itself. Everyone that knows me, they're like, no. Undisputably, he knows because I do things as unto God. But God had other plans. So I'm going to the mission field. And I'm going to different parts of the world. Then 2008, the Lord is like, hey, you're going back to Burundi. I'm like, oh, man, Lord. And then we go to Burundi and 2009. And here I am with my wife. Not, not even kids yet, Establish an organization. Then we're going through, we, we establish an organization, um, we begin to have children, and then I'm here building houses for orphans while I'm living in a house that's breaking down. But what is the reason of my being there? It's not for me, it's for God. Let me show you the process of endurance. Let me show you the process of not permitting the enemy the worries of this world. What are you going to do? Lord, the Bible says that a good parent leaves an inheritance for his children. I have nothing. Trust in the Lord lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will set your path straight so things happen and you begin to question and then you you don't say them as ministers we got to always have our heads up but often the heart is still raging the mind will be raging and like lord What do we? It's okay if we have to go through and rent. And then I'm like, God, you want us to live here. We're living in Burundi. Eleven years, and it's like, Lord, you want us to be here. You have to build me a house. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how in the world is that going to happen? I'm a missionary. (laughs) We started with a mattress on the floor. And little by little, you see, when you have to work for something, you begin to value it. When you learn to trust in God, do not go. You don't grow weary of doing good, for in due time you will reap harvest. We want things right away. That's not life. But the longest you, f- you harvest for something, also understand, the, lo- the bigger will be your reward. I questioned, I was like, Lord. I says, what am I going to do for my kids? We, 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 there was, we had so little money that all our friends in, in, are traveling out of the country. We couldn't even afford to do that. But yet, you do not let your hope die. You do not let your faith dwindle down. But you trust in the timing of God. Well, To make a long story short, when I return back to Burundi, we're going to begin making preparations to build a house. Trust in God. You trust in the Lord. It's not about you. It's about God in you. What does he want for your life? What fruit are you producing for God? Often people are pursuing riches. The truth of the matter is, everyone around me, my family, my friends, everyone I know, they're going through. They're still going, and, and they're renting their houses or their payments on their houses. And probably within a year from now, I, let me tell you the story on the land. So I'm in Burundi. I'm in Bukeye. And I'm like, man, I see this beautiful land. It's about five acres. It's next to the, to, to the road. It's like a quarter mile from where our children's homes are. And I'm like, man, Lord, I love this land. I don't want to covet it but something like this would be really nice. And I would go, sometimes I'd go there and I would pray, because it was, it was a Burundian, but he lived out of the country. And I'm like, man, and I'm like, God, something like this would be perfect. Years later, we're talking about more than five years later, um, the guy's mother passes away. We know his, mo- um, his mother. So we go through the funeral. We meet him, and then we talk with him. And he says, "Hey, are you, are you, do you want to sell that land?" So he goes back, and then he sends us an email. Yeah, I'm willing to sell. I'm selling. Um, I want ten thousand dollars for it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like, wow. Well, oh God, you're good. I says, "Okay, would you bo- look at this? I haven't spoken to the board. I haven't spoken to anyone." I'm making plans because I'm a child of God. So I'm like, would you accept payments? And he's like, yeah, I'm willing to accept 4000 down payment then in 6 months 4000 and then after 6 months, you know, 2000 so that within a year the full payment is done. So I'm talking with with a friend. He's like a he's like a dad to me spiritually. And um, we're talking with him and his wife, and they're listening to us. And they're like, "Man, we have this opportunity. Um, this land came." And they're like, "Wow, that's great." Um, next week when I come, I bring you a thousand dollars. I'm like, "Wow, praise God!" Yeah, I'm like, "Okay," you know. I'm still going through. I'm like, "I don't know how it's gonna happen," but God is good. So we're going through. We're talking with other friends. And they're like, oh, wow, this is incredible. You know what? We have a 1000 for you, and let us talk to our family. Within a short span, $4,000 comes up. And we're sitting here like, do not grow weary of doing good. We have land for the children. We've built homes for the children. We've built a clinic. We've built a meeting room. And never have we gone through to do anything for ourselves. But what a man sows. We've helped people. Rebuild their houses. We've done. Volunteer work. To help someone's roof in their house. Get done. Part of their house to be finished. What a man sows. A man will reap. Do not grow weary of doing good. And. So we're, we go through, we talk to the board and we're like, hey, this opportunity came and then we have the first 4,000 and they're like, man, what? you gotta understand during that time, we were still struggling. Our first seven plus years, we often didn't get the money that we needed for that month till like a week or two before that money was due. We walked by faith. When we had to give, Me and my wife, we would sacrifice for money that was for us, even to eat, to make sure our priority was that the the, the houses we had rented that had the children would be provided for. Learning to sacrifice. What is God's vision for your life? And, and, And what has he chosen in you to bear fruit in? Whether you are just a mother, you're like, I'm just a mother. You're not just a mother. You're a mother, and you're a teacher, and you are one that harvests and cares for your children. Do that as unto God. And you will reap your harvest. That is your calling. But I'm not... See, all of us, we have a responsibility. We have our place. But sometimes we minimize that. So we're talking with the board, and we're like, hey... And they're like, man, this is... And then one of the members says, what do you need? I says, well, we have the first four. We would need the next payment would be 4000 He's like, I'll send you the check next week. We're like, praise God, this is amazing. And I'm like, okay. So they're like, okay, let's do it. So then we go through, do a contract, get things started. Before even the six months had passed, all the cash and the rest of the money had all came in. The organization didn't even have to put money into it. That's where we're building our house. You have to persevere. You have to trust in God. Your circumstances do not dictate you. The reality is, a tornado can come right now and devastate completely everything that you have built. Would that change your joy? your happiness, and your faith in God. People say, why do you build so well in Burundi? I'm like, because I want things to to last. But that's a war-torn country. What if you have to get up and go? I says, then God is telling me to go somewhere else. But while I am doing it, I will do it as unto God. People do not dictate what I do as unto God. This is why you learn to hear what God is speaking and you hold God's word above everything else. You let nothing go through to bring you down. You continue to be molded. You continue to to be strengthened in knowing what God wants to do. Chasing riches its not going to get you anywhere. Being brought down by the worries of this world. Oh, but there's so much sickness and corona and you can get sick. I'm like, I've been sick and I was healed. Mm -hmm. And in reality, I am living in borrowed time. I remember when I came to the Lord, I sat down and I started writing how many times I could have died. You know, getting shot at. um, when I got jumped and had more than 40, 50 stitches all over my body. Different things. I'm, I'm making a list. I'm walking through the woods and all of a sudden I'm like inches away and there's a, a water moccasin I'm about to step on and I just pause and I freak and I, and I just drop back and I cry out to God and, and so on and, and different things that, that God showed me and I was like, I stopped at 24. I stopped at 24 times where I could have died and I was still alive. So, you know, I'm living on borrowed time. I am alive because God still has something for me to do. I have to live in accordance to that. I have to learn to trust God. I am in his hands. He's the potter and I'm the clay. Learning to let him mold me. In my circumstances, do not change me, but through God, let my circumstances change. I will ask you if you look at your life. Because one thing I'm seeing now is the church is people are accepting the things around them. I was watching videos and they were asking, it was like a seminar, and these, here's these men of God, and they asked this guy a question. So what do you think, you know, can you be uh, homosexual and enter the kingdom of God? So this guy goes through and gets up. Big name, many books, you know. Almost six minutes of talking never answers the question. The next one goes up, yes, because we have a ministry, you know, and we, we do this. And you have, to under, you have to understand, you know, like, like when uh, uh, Elisha, um, when, when, when Naaman came to him and he was like, hey, when, when I go back to my king, he has me go into, with him into his temple. May God forgive him. And he's like, go in peace, you know. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything else? Okay. Hmm? None of them answered the question. I would have I simply, I could have answered that question in three seconds. No. They fear persecution. They fear tribulation. But at the same time, you only fear tribulation when your answer is religious, not when it's loving. I would have simply says, uh, you cannot enter the kingdom of God being a homosexual. But know if you are homosexual, his arms are always open for you. He loves you and he died for you. He is the way. We're being flexible. You go through and people, and they're like, oh, yes, my good friend, you know, he's a homosexual. I says, and they're like, oh, you? they're so close. I'm like, you're not so close because if you were so close to that person, you would smile before him. But internally, you would be crying out for his salvation. It's attachments. We don't contend for people's souls. But we make that known. But then... Yeah, it's wrong. Homosexuality is wrong. In the, listen to me, in the church. Apart from the church, they can do whatever they want because the Bible says, you hear clearly that Paul says we're not to judge those outside of the church. When people go through, they live their lifestyles. You, we're like, we look at them, we look at them with compassion, be like, Lord, they don't know. They haven't encountered the truth in the love of God, but I've heard people twist the word of God to, to, to accept homosexuality because God is love. i got a, I got news for you. He's also consuming fire. Do not give them. A reason to continue in their lives, but give them a reason to change from what they were doing. But at the same time, how do we go through, we make that black and white, but we accept fornication and adultery within the house of God. It's learning not to have okays. Because I'm sorry, the Bible that I read, you were homosexual, you'd be killed in stone. You were in adultery, you'd be killed in stone as well. We permit things. Went to a meeting, five pastors. We're going through, we're prepping what messages are going to be um, preached um, in different churches. And then I leave the meeting and I'm having pictures and I'm having thoughts, lustful thoughts, sensual thoughts. And I'm like, where are those pictures coming from? I don't even know where that's. And I'm sitting here like, God, what's going? See, this is also understanding who you are. Because we go through things and we're like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. What am I thinking? No, no, no. Sometimes when the demons come around, you got to understand what's yours and what's not. Yeah, that's good. And I was like, Lord, this is not me. This is not my weakness. What's going on? And I began to pray. And I'm like, hmm. You see, because I'd rather question myself than question that something was going on with those five pastors that were there. But the truth of the matter is, you spend time with God... You do not appease men. We go through, we meet again. Same thing. I come out of there and I'm like, man, I'm having thoughts. I I even had a dream. I'm like, what is going on with this, Lord God? So then I begin to speak with a friend of mine, you know. He's also a pastor. I says, look, every time I come and I leave the meeting... I have lustful thoughts, pictures, and things like that. If you were to ask me, I would tell you at least two of those guys are struggling with or are dealing with pornography. It takes a little time, but then I receive a message sometime later saying, you are precisely correct. Two of them are struggling with pornography, and I'm working with them. How we accept one thing and turn away from the other you see those are trees that look beautiful but are fruitless I don't care how much ministry you think you're doing you're leaving secret sins you are a bush without fruit and they hide behind their garments behind their titles I'm doing good and I'm preaching. People have came to the Lord. People don't come to the Lord because of our preaching. They come to the Lord because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Let me just get that through. Yes. But we exalt man. It is the anointing of God that makes a difference, knowing what your purpose is. So Ma, what I wanted to speak today was simply this: What is good soil? You have to remove the weeds from amongst your lives. You have to remove the roots from your past. You have to remove the garbage and the rocks from the soil so that when you are growing, there's nothing to hinder. What? How much is God worth to you? Because I'm sorry. I look at churches and sometimes I get disgusted. We walk around like we deserve to be saved. In reality, what can any of us add to God? Nothing. But yet, what is man that God is? God loves them, and the Son of Man that God is mindful of them. We add nothing to him, yet he still looks to us. Yet he still looks for us. Yet he still loves us, and he's patient with us. He loves us, his love. I don't understand it, really. Because if you look at me, I'm like, Lord, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve what you have done for me in my life. I don't deserve your grace. But yet, even more, he pours it forth. People of God, it is a time to make a difference and to walk in the foundation and the truth of the word of God. If I was to ask you guys, hey, are you spending time in the word? How do you know that you're seeking riches and not the kingdom of God? If you're way too busy to spend time with your family, to spend time with God, to read the word, to come and fellowship with believers, do I have to answer that? Are you struggling with the sorrows of the world? Hear your words and hear it for yourself, you know? I called my dad. He's like, yes, um, oh, I'm preparing because there's a hurricane. I'm like, it's, it's a category one, you know? I, I jumped in the car and me, my sister, my brother-in-law, my mom, we went fishing last night, you know? Not a single cloud in the sky. How are you walking your life with God? Are you running to prepare for a storm? Or are you enjoying your life in the midst of it? That's life in abundance. There's so much more. There's so much more to God. And the thing about it is, the more you search, the more you discover. The more you seek, the more you find. I want to challenge you. Let us not be lazy, but take time to search his word. Let us not be lazy, but be grateful in the things that God has given us. I'm wrapping up. Let us not be lazy, but let's look at life in the joy of truth. People of God, if you had an organization and you hear someone's taking your court, what will your response be? Hmm? Well, this is what um, the director that we hired heard from me. Praise God. You want to know why? Because I know my God. People's false accusations are not going to work against us. We had people, well, you know, well, you don't want your name tainted. I'm like, you cannot taint a name that doing right says no settle give them something I'm like I will not I says and we will win see it's not just of words it's knowing God and the Word of God and the Word of God says that the guilty will not be acquitted I hold on to that I hold on to the to the Word of God because you see I don't know I don't just know the word I know the giver of the word See, that word for me has a name. His name is Jesus. So I choose to go through. I know him. I know God. I pursue to make him known in my life. To give my life to him. I want my essence to be him. And in the midst of me pursuing him, he's still going through and blessing me. We've been so blessed. It's like, sweet Lord, people, learn to give. You want to be blessed? Learn to give. We've gone through, and I remember I was blessed with a car. I gave it away before I left. I went to another mission trip. God called me to the field again. Got again in a car. I gave it away. I went through. I came back, received a car. I was, praise God, I gave that one away. Continue to do so. And, and God has continued to never let us slack. You don't hold on to things. If you hold on to God, See, there's a mystery to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be provided. What is greater in life? There's nothing greater than God. There's people that sometimes are like, Man, what if something happened to you in the fields? My kids are good. How would I know that? Well, it's simple. If a man of God died, his children would care for. In fact, after David died, even generations afterward, because of the way that David walked with God, God says, because of my servant David, I will not let this happen. And we're talking about generations later. Your walk with God will not just impact this life, but will continue to impact the generations that follow you when you choose to be persevering in Him. Do not let your past dictate who you are. You are a blessed man of God. There is a purpose for you. Find what it is that God wants to to bring from you and the fruit that He wants you to bear. Churches have become too too complacence so they they want to accept everything i will not accept anything that the lord does not accept i love galatians 1 because paul says if i seek to please men i am no longer a bondservant of god 11 years in burundi and no church has permitted me to start a bible school have i given up I am still knocking on that wall. I call Brundi my Shemshank redemption. Because one day the wall will break and I will see the victory. Do not grow tired of doing what is right. You have to persevere. People of God, when we sing, God is worth it. He's worth everything that we can do. And when you give up everything for Him, He blesses you. I remember some some years ago, we sat there, we came, and um, we were coming as a family, and Samantha's cousin is like, hey, here, go through and here, take this car, you can have it. singing Mercedes station wagon. I'm like, seriously? So we're going through, we're driving around, and people are like, what? They're looking at us driving around in a Mercedes, and they're like, I'm like, look, it was given to us the loner you know because people that's another thing their perception is visual because they lack the, in, the spiritual insight of the truth of what's going on that's why so many people stand before the altar speaking good and live deceitful lives I don't know about you but I treasure the altar like in Burundi when I have a dream or something I write the pastors I'm like hey this is going on because the altar I treasure it's the house of God the name of the Lord people of God how do you want to be remembered how do you want to be remembered I chose to give everything away at the end we were like look we don't want the car I'm sorry it's great but you know keep it so we sent it back we sat there, we, I got here, and my Father-in-law was like, hey, um, you can have this car. I, I get a message from Brundy, hey, we have this little car we want to give to you. I was like, no, thank you. Um, I'm okay, but no, sell it. At a certain point, when you begin to pursue after God, and you, you show yourself that you've endured for Him, you got to begin to turn away the blessings of God. So many people are chasing after them, but when you begin to pursue God, the blessings will begin to chase after you. It's knowing the perspective of the truth and be willing to work to know him and to make him known. He is worthy. He is amazing. I want to challenge you. I've seen the Lord. And it didn't come with just, oh, I'd like to see God. No. It was days, it was weeks, and months of persistent prayer. And one day, I came to the church. You know what I would do? I'd clean it. I'd come through. I'd vacuum the floors. I hated when the pews were all crooked. So I'd go through and I'd line them up and spend time worshiping God. It was in one of those moments that I sat there, I felt his presence, I ran. It was just me and him worship going on in the background. And I'm like, I wanna see you, God, I wanna see you. And then he's like, look. And I couldn't even open my eyes. I am like, I wanna see you, look. And the second I opened my eyes and I saw him, I saw him and I saw his hands, I fell to the ground. I was there for probably 45 minutes to an hour, shaking and crying in the presence of God. I was never the same. Pursue him relentlessly If you really want something, you chase it If you really, really want something, you pursue it But in reality, things, they sound good But we don't give them the effort I came to America, I have put on like 30 pounds And I'm like, I'm going to start working out And then it doesn't come to be but then I reach the point I'm like, no, I have to do this. I have to do this. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and I keep. And then they keep putting push back, and I keep. But then I says, no, no more pushing anything back. I'm no longer setting a date. I'm just doing it. It's the same with the Lord. What are you giving Him? What are you harvesting? What are you sowing into your hearts? Because with the heart you believe. Unto righteousness and with the mouth you confess unto salvation. Change, and let the change be evidence within you. People of God, we're blessed. God is good. God is great. He has much, every single one of us has a purpose and a reason for being. Let us stop making excuses. Let us start making history. Let us stop changing the dates and simply start moving in the right direction. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.